Now, since we were talking about young adults and our stuff, uh, you guys know, this, this made me think of this because I was driving somewhere last week and I was not flying, you know, it was a, one of those little side back roads somewhere in the West End area, and I came around the corner. I was doing about 45 or 50, because speed limit's like 40, 45. I was doing about 45 or 50, and I came around the curve and ran smack dab into one of those lights flashing that says school. And I was like, school? And I was like, oh yeah, school. Put the brakes on, because uh, I totally forgot school's back. And uh, so just a reminder to, to be careful of that. But then I saw something online that I want to share with you guys, because the class 2020, uh, which is hard for us to imagine. Those kids going into high school, we have a, some families whose kids are going into high school this year. Uh, the class of 2020, uh, I saw this online and it says that they're experiencing a lot of things that we have never dealt with in our lives. They're dealing with a lot of stuff that you and I just never had to deal with when we were in high school for those of us who are well past high school. Just a couple of examples. Uh, cloning has always been a regular lab procedure for them. Right? When we were growing up, the thought of something being cloned was just a movie type thing. Um, the United States has always been at war for them, for the class 2020. You and I growing up, there were times when the U.S. was at war, times when it wasn't for them. Ever since they've you know, been able to think about it, the U.S. has always been at war. Um, Bluetooth has always existed for them. Uh, for those of you that don't know what that is, just Google it. It's no, it has nothing to do with candy on your teeth. Uh, also, they have always had TV and music on demand. Like, they have never had to wait until next week to go see a show, uh, you know, like you and I had to do. They could always just, just go stream an entire series of everything whenever they wanted. Uh, they disagree with parents about which was the first Star Wars episode. Yeah, they do, because for them, it's called episode one. For us, it's called episode four. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, just go Google it. Uh, also, uh, snowboarding has always been an Olympic sport for them. For you and I, when we were growing up, snowboarding was like something only the cool kids who were willing to break their necks did, because it just didn't happen, uh, at least when I was growing up. Uh, and last couple of things. Airline tickets have always been purchased online for them. Almost everything has always been purchased online for them. Uh, for you and I, it was a phone call or going to the airport. Uh, ice cubes have always come from the fridge instead of a tray. They've never known a time, especially the metal ones. How many of you guys had the metal ones that you needed a degree to figure out how to crack that thing open? Yeah. And last thing is um, there has always been an eBay and an Amazon their entire life. Uh, and you and I grew up when eBay and Amazon was... Walmart and the grocery store, that's it. That's all you had, and you had to go there. There was no online shopping. Yeah, it's just, I mean, they, 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 so they're dealing with a lot of challenges that you and I, uh, and these may not be challenges to you and I, but it's stuff to them, because that's their life, that's their culture, digitally, socially, multimedia. It's the life they've known, and this wasn't in there, but you probably know this. Um, when you and I grow up, the only people who saw our pictures were the ones that our parents showed them to. And there weren't a whole lot of our pictures. Kids are growing up now, pretty much, they have lived their entire life online because parents have taken pictures of them and they're posting them online. And then when they get of age to get a camera, they take pictures of themselves and post them online. Uh, I can't find a picture of me before high school. I think there's like one. My high school graduation picture, that's probably it. 
So, so be in prayer for this group of kids, for all the kids going back to school. And um, yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. We've been talking about inviting people uh, into our lives and into our congregation into inviting people to events that we're holding and just getting to know them better. Um, and as we begin to wind up this series, we're going to wind it up next week. Just to summarize really quickly, the first thing we talked about was ensuring that when we talk to people, especially the people that we know, people in our circles of influence, in our homes, in our schools, in our work, when we talk to them, when they ask us questions, whether it be a, a, a detailed question of, hey, you know, I heard such and such on the radio and I wanted to know this about the Bible or about God or whatever, or, you know, what's this thing that you're doing? Or tell me about your church or whatever. Uh, we said the easiest thing to do and the best thing to do is just answer the question. Uh, honestly and respectfully. Even if the person that's asking you is not of your faith or has had no faith, um, just still answer their question honestly uh, and respectfully. And then as you can, as God allows, um, invite them to a next step. Uh, a next step might be, you know, hey, you know what, here's a quick answer to your question, yada, 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 but let's go out for coffee and we can talk about it more, or let's go out for lunch and we can talk about it more, or let's go out to dinner and we can talk about it more, uh, not to be used as a way to hit on women, but just saying, uh, but you could also um, just say, hey, well, you know, you're asking this question and uh, maybe inviting them to a next step might be, we're going to be talking about that at you know, one of our Bible studies or a small group, or we just talked about that on Sunday, uh, invite them to church. Or, you know what, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Here's, you know, give them the link to the, uh, our, our online messages. You can go and download it and, and, and hear more detail for yourself, but always invite them to a next step, even if it's just a next step to get to know you better. Because that's important. That's what it's about. It's about, uh, like we talked about last week, it's about inviting people into our life. Uh, inviting people to get to know us better, to, to understand us better. Uh, it's not about, you know, uh, filling seats in the congregation or, or char uh, checking off a check mark. Yes, we've got this many people. Uh, and I shared this a while ago that uh, one of the first churches, no, not one of the first, but one of the churches I went to after, you know, I became a Christian, uh, I was a single parent. And uh, so I was living in uh, Maryland and took, you know, took my son there and they had great children's ministry. I wasn't all that thrilled with the teaching, uh, but he loved the children's ministry and the things they were doing. And then a couple of weeks in, uh, they announced that they were having this contest. And I guess they had been having it long, but they, this is the first time I had heard it announced, where they were giving awards to people who brought the most friends. And that just didn't sit right with me. And I was like, maybe I just don't understand what's going on. But then the following week, they brought one lady up with the friend that she bought, and they gave her an award, because this is like, I forget, fifth, sixth, seventh friend that she bought in a certain amount of time, and uh, I literally wanted to get up and leave, because that, to me, that just seemed like you were manipulating a person. It's not, you weren't trying to get to know that person and share with them who you were. You were trying to get that person into the building, and not even, it didn't, even if she did care about her, to me, it seemed like you don't even care about that person. You just want whatever they were giving away, and that's not 
anywhere in the Bible that's never replicated as far as what God did or any of the disciples did. It's always been about getting to know people and inviting them into our lives. And as we invite them into their, our lives and they get to know us, here's who I am. I'm a Christ follower. Uh, I go to this church. I do these things. That's part of getting to know me. Now, next week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's called the big ask. And that, that may not be appropriate for everyone. Uh, and whenever you tell someone that we're talking about this, make sure you emphasize the K. But it might be appropriate for some people who need that next step of not just inviting them into your lives, but actually talking to them about getting to know Christ, maybe sharing the gospel with them and leading someone to Christ. And it's a huge part, and it's a, it's a big step. Uh, but this week we're talking about how we prepare, things that we need to do to invite people into our lives. So um, if you have a Bible, open it up to the book of John, chapter 1. And if you don't, there's one somewhere under the seat, left, right, of you, front of you, somewhere. Uh, the book of John, chapter 1. And I just want to show you quickly, because every time Jesus invited a disciple, or one of the apostles, to follow him, he had a purpose, a plan, a mission, and a vision to what he was doing. So uh, John chapter 1, verse 35, and this is what it says. And some of your Bibles probably have a, a heading, some might, uh, that says Jesus' first disciples. Verse 35, the next day... John, this is John the Baptist, not John the Apostle, was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Now, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent the day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did, note, the very first thing that Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, the first thing that Andrew did when he found the place like, hey, I can actually meet God here, and he had been seeking him. He had been looking for God. And there are people in our circles of influence, whether it be coworkers, friends we hang out with, bowling league, basketball league, whatever, people that we do things with that are seeking God. Even though we live in a culture that's not very God-friendly, there are people that are seeking God. And the first thing Andrew did when he found a place where he could interact with God was go and tell somebody else. All right? Uh, Verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Now, Philip found Nathanael. And again, the cycle goes on and on and on. Those people who get saved, saved people, they, in turn, turn around and save other people. Saved people save people. It's not just a cool tweet or, 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 or a, a great saying. It's an actual fact. Those people who find God and experience God go out and tell other people about God. So Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of of Joseph. 
Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And, and most theologians believe it wasn't just that there was a great distance and he saw him, but that he connected with him somehow um, on a spiritual level. He was able and provided verbiage that's not captured here, some level of insight to let him know that, yeah, I know your heart. I know what you're looking for. I know what you're longing for. I know what you want to do and be a part of. Then Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, I'm going to put that last verse up here on the screen, and this is the amplified version, John chapter 1, verse 51. This is what Jesus said to him. Then he said to him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you all, all, not just him, all of you, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And a lot of people have trouble. What is this supposed to mean? Because nowhere do the disciples record, hey, I saw angels going up and down in heaven, climbing ladders, going to elevators, you know, your turn next. No one records that. But what they believe is that Jesus was saying, hey, I'm going to call you guys, and you guys are going to see and experience spiritual things that no human has ever experienced before. And then you're going to be my witnesses and be able to go out and tell others that everything that I am saying is true. And we know that that's what happened. At first, the disciples didn't get it, but then after the resurrection, they, filled with the Holy Spirit, went out and told everyone they knew that everything that God had said is true. And what Jesus did is he had a purpose and a plan for all of the apostles. He didn't just call them so he could have a squad to run with or a group of people to hang out with or because he was bored and needed friends. He called them because he had a specific purpose, mission, and role for their life. And the same is true of the church because this is what Paul tells the church uh, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul writes in writing to the congregation in Ephesus. He says, and his gifts were, again, this is the amplified version, uh, were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of flock, and teachers. So Paul is telling the, the, the congregation in Ephesus, yeah, God has given us specific roles for a specific purpose, and he says the reason is his intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints to train up Christ followers, Christians, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. That it might develop, meaning it's not supposed to stop once the room is filled, it's not supposed to stop once a certain denomination hits a number of people, that it might develop until we all attain oneness in the faith and then the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Christ and the completeness found in him, 
All of that just to say, until we all become fully mature in Christ, when is that going to happen? When Christ comes back. Because only then, Paul says, will we be made perfect. We're going to keep progressing and keep growing and keep learning. We're never going to know all there is to know about what it means to be a Christian until we're able to live daily and regularly in the presence of God and Jesus Christ. And so just as uh, Jesus had a purpose when he called the disciples, God had a purpose uh, when he created the church. And what we're supposed to do, not just us, but every Christ follower, every congregation, is we're supposed to throw everything we have and be all in at training up Christians and going out and sharing God's word. God had a purpose and a mission for the disciples. God has a purpose and a mission for the church. And we at Crossroads, hopefully you guys have heard this before, we have a purpose uh, and a mission too. Our mission, very simple, easy to remember. Hopefully this is not the first time you're hearing it. For some of you it might be. Uh, but it's to be the church. That means to be the church, to just share the gospel, to tell people that, yes, there is a God that loves them, that he sent his son to die for our sins, uh, to show the love of Christ as well. Because it doesn't help if we're telling people about God and how much God loves them, uh, and then we're cursing them out the next day on their Facebook status because they posted something we didn't like, or because they took our parking spot, or because they took our milk, or because of whatever reason. And then as we share it and show it, to invite other people to be recipients of Christ's love. That's, that's our only mission. That's why Crossroads exists. And as we accomplish that mission, the vision uh, is that we would create places where people can experience God. And that's wherever you are. Not that you're bringing them here, because if they never set foot in this building, but you have the opportunity to share and to show the love of Christ to them and invite them to be recipients of Christ's love, just like, you know, when, when uh, Andrew went and grabbed Peter and uh, when they went and grabbed Nathan, the first thing they did is say, hey, I found a place where I can experience God. And that's what we're supposed to do. Just go share and sh show the love of Christ to people. Now, uh, here's what I wanted to talk about, and I was hoping there would be a lot more people here because this is something everyone needs to hear, uh, is that in order to do that, though, uh, we have to prepare to receive people and to equip people. You know, We have to prepare to... If, if, if you're inviting all of your friends here, then we have to kind of prepare here and if the purpose of the church is to equip you guys and prepare you guys so that you can go out uh, and do that, then we need, to, we need to be equipping people, all right? And so here's the thing. There's, there's two aspects to the uh, receiving, because we have to receive people physically, which means here. And as you can look around and see, there's a lot of work that needs to be done here. Down here. And some of you, it's been ages since you've been downstairs, and that's where most of the work needs to be. Some of you didn't even know we had it downstairs. But uh, I wanted to show you, take a look at all that we still need to do uh, downstairs. So uh, we need just a work day to get that done. And here's, could I just share, personally, me, this is me. Here's my frustration. We could have that all done literally in one day. And we don't need like 30, 40, 50 people, just like five or six people. One day, probably under three hours, but it hasn't been done for at least a year or two. And all we need are people saying, okay, I'll help out, I'll do it. Or as uh, I was talking to Karen yesterday when we were helping out with the crew, she was like, if we can't all do the same day, because I realize 
you know, everyone's schedule is different or whatever. Uh, we just need a list of here, the seven things that need to be done. And then I can say, okay, I'll do thing number three. Um, as my schedule allows, I'll have it done within the next two weeks. And, you know, Joe says, I'll do thing number four, you know, as his schedule allows. And John says, I'll do thing number one. And, and, and within two or three, maybe not all on the same day, but within two weeks, everything's done because someone says, hey, I can do this, I can do that, I can do that, and they do it, and we get it done. And that's all it really takes. And that's not something where we need, like, a large financial, we don't need financial, we need something that's a little bit more valuable to people, and that's their time. Your time is more valuable than your money. You can go out and make more money, you can steal somebody's money. There is absolutely nothing you can do to get more time. And I realize it's precious and it's viable, but that's, that's what we need to get done. Now, um, there's another aspect because really that's kind of all, I mean, we need new carpet, we need new parking lot, all that stuff. That's down the road. We could still do what we need to do without those things uh, happening. Uh, but there's also another aspect, and that's this. Uh, and I was talking about this with the board because we need to receive people digitally because even though you look around and you say, well, and, and I wonder this too, how are we still existing? Because you can look around and see we're not a room full of people. We're not a mega church or whatever. Uh, but for some reason, uh, over the past however many years we've been here, there have been hosts of people online that go to our website and download the messages. And I don't know if you guys have ever been to our website. It's very simple because we're not selling a product. We're not trying to get people to be a membership or sign up for anything. We're just trying to show people here's what it's like to do life at Crossroads. So I don't know if you can uh, see all of it across the bottom. It's here's the welcome, what to expect about us if they want to know a little bit about our history, how to contact us. Uh, the what's hot tab is just here, the, the immediate things coming up that you need to know. And then on the left-hand side is a little bit about our story, our values, our team. Um, they can click on our live stream and get the downloads of the video and audio messages and uh, ministries, and they can give online. And we have people that, even when they're not here, they just give regularly online, which is great. But for some reason, uh, we get hundreds of people every month on average. It used to be about two to 250, but now it's like between 250 and 300 people on average every month that go download these messages. And it, it could be some of the people that like, well, hey, you know what, I couldn't make it this week, so I'll go download it. Uh, and a lot of them download the video, some of them download the audio messages, and then uh, there's even a little podcast that I do for geeks, which probably none of you listen to, about comic stuff and all that stuff and how it's okay to be a Christian and still uh, dress up and go to Ren Fair. But that's just me. But there are people that, you know, a couple of people that look into that. Now, here's the thing. Um, it's not just local people, and I don't know if you guys can see this, but uh, the top thing up there says the United States, and it says it's a list by country. There are people from Brazil. This is from January of this year to June 30. People from Brazil, the United Kingdom, China, Japan, Germany, Russia, France, and Italy. That for, and I doubt those people are like, hey, I'm going to go visit the States. Let me find a good church to go to, and they look up Crossroads. But what, what I believe happened, based on how Google works and all that, is they're searching for something. Maybe they're going through a trial, going through a struggle, and they're searching for something, and as they look for it, because it's in the title of one of our messages and the quick text that we use, it shows up, and they go look, and then they go listen. And just, um, just from July through August, 
Now, I'm assuming the ones in Brazil is because people were bored as they were sitting at the Olympics. I have no idea. But uh, Austria, Germany, Nicaragua, Iraq. People from Iraq going to, and again, I don't know that they're looking for, you know, hey, I'm going to go visit Pittsburgh, South Hills area, hope there's a good church. They look for a crossroads, but they may have some struggle in their life or something that they're going through, and our messages pop up, and they go, and they check it out, and they listen. Now, here's the thing. Uh, in order to make the content on our website, those messages, as high quality as possible, um, and I shared this with the board, I went out and purchased a camera. Because I was using, um, I don't have it here, uh, it's back there, I was using like my old smartphone, not this one, but my old one, to record the messages, which is good, good quality, uh, but I went out and purchased a 4K camera out of my pocket, Didn't, doesn't cost you guys as a church anything, um, to use that, because not only then can we record the messages, we can stream them live, um, Right now we're streaming them, uh, but we're doing it through a website that has commercials. So right after I finish this sentence, um, a commercial might pop up about beer or panty liners. Either one. We have no say. Uh, and if we want to get rid of that, then you pay $100 a month, not a year, a month. I don't want us to pay $100 a month for that. This way, uh, with this camera, 4K quality, and we can stream it for free to our Facebook page because that's where everybody's at is on Facebook. Now, when I bought it, uh, my intent was to use Christie's iPad, because it works with an iPad, uh, to use Christie's iPad, but her iPad wouldn't work with it because it was too old. Uh, so I went to the board and said, hey, you guys, will you guys purchase the iPad? And they said, sure. We'll chip in the, I forget how much it was, 400 bucks, um, at, which I have to turn in a receipt for that, by the way, just letting you know. But we'll, 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 we'll pay for that. And I said, great, I'll pay for the camera, you guys, pay for the iPad, and it will help give us a better online presence so that those people, when they are finding our messages, um, they're not finding a, a you know, choppy or weird vocal or whatever. They're finding the best quality content possible. And as I shared with the board, they may never donate a penny here. They may never set foot in this building. But if something we say causes them to get up and say, you know what, I'm going to go find a local congregation in Iraq or in China or in Japan or in India or wherever they're listening from. And there's a lot of local places too, a lot of places in the United States, a lot of places around here. I was sharing that with the board. A lot of people in the South Hills, Jefferson Hills, uh, Brentwood, Monroeville that are downloading our messages. And if they say, I'm going to get up and go to a church, even if they don't come here and they find one in their community and they find a place where they can experience God, where they're accepted and where people are getting to know them and they commit their lives to Christ, then well done then it was worth the effort. Now, here's the other thing. Um, I set up uh, on our giving page um, a thing called tech support giving. So that, and I'll put this in our Facebook group. If any of you guys want to contribute, because here's the thing, I've, we got a great camera, 4K quality camera that you can use to like record movies with. Um, but here's the problem. We don't have a 4K streaming network here. That still needs to be upgraded. As a matter of fact, I'll just share with you. Um, I watched a few minutes ago as the camera shut off. I was like, why is the camera shutting off? So when the video was playing, I went to the back and asked Christy what happened. She was like, oh, she had turned on her iPad and probably, because we have, we have limited <laughs> bandwidth here, and probably booted that off. 
So our network isn't the greatest. We need, there's, there's a lot that needs to be done so that those people who may never set foot in this building may still commit their lives to Christ because of something that they experience here. And that takes time, and that takes money, and that takes resources. And uh, so uh, I forget who. It might have been John. It may have been Kevin or somebody on the board said, hey, well, you know, the church is chipping in, and you've chipped in. Um, why not just ask everybody to chip in? And I'm not pressuring anyone. I'm not telling anyone you have to. If God lays it on your heart. If you say, hey, you know what? I can't do any of that downstairs stuff. I don't have enough time. Maybe this is a way you say, well, I can help us prepare. I'll just help them donate some money to help us increase our network so that people online, or so that when you take that next step with someone and say, hey, we were just talking about that. Why don't you check out this message online? And you hand them one of our cards, and they go online. They're seeing good quality content. And that's easy to do. Now, let me tell you this. Uh, um, uh, someone, uh, because we also needed, you know, a, a tech computer, because our tech computer is crashing, we still need to upgrade the computer and, and that uh, Karen uses to do all our finances, because that's crashing, and the worst thing we want is not to be able to know how much money we're spending. But um, someone donated a computer for the tech team. They bought one for the tech table back there. And then another group, people that don't even go to this church, said, hey, we have a monitor you can use so you don't have to spend 100 or 200 bucks on a monitor. Um, it's an older model, but it works great, so they donated a monitor. Uh, and then what I did was I went and found a better presentation software uh, for us. And one of the reasons why, because um, they're not here today, but our tech team, you know, Adrian, who is literally, I don't know if you get, how old is Adrian? How old is Adrian? 16. Um, it may not look like it, but she is in charge of all that back there. That, that's, she's in charge of it. And she knows how to bring all the sound equipment up. She knows how to do the visual stuff. She knows how to uh, run all the sound equipment, all that stuff, which may not seem like a lot until you hear the screech, and then you're like, where's the sound person? But um, she uh, and Zach asked me, because I told them, hey, I'm going to get new presentation software. And each week, for a couple of weeks that they came in, I had a totally different presentation software that I was testing. And so I finally settled on one, and this actually cost us money too, uh, but I paid for it initially because I want to make sure we're solid and we stay with it. Um, and Zach asked me last week, he's like, uh, when I was running him through again, here's some new features and here's all this stuff, he asked me, well, how many more of these are you going to go through? And I was like, this is the final one. And he's like, well, why is this one better than the others? And I know this may not be great for you guys, but someday there are people who get into this, and I probably would enjoy it. There's actually, it's called Proclaim Church Presentation Software. There's an app that you can download on your phone or your tablet or whatever you use, because a lot of people use phones and tablets, and it will walk you through everything that you see up here will appear on your phone. All the slides, all the Bible verses, all the announcements, uh, and the announcements, if you want them to, will sync to your calendar so you don't have to keep going online and say, hey, Floyd, when is this again? When are we doing the best in the burger thing? It will sync it to your calendar if you set it up that way. And it only, not only works here, if you happen to go, you know, you're on vacation, you go walk into another church, if they're using this software, uh, and the way you can tell is just turn on the app, if they're using this software, it will sync to their software. And you'll get all their messages and all their slides and all their announcements. But I just thought that was cool because even though a lot of you are like, eh, that's not my thing, there, there, there are, you know, class of 2020, all about the iPhones and the apps. And what better way, because they're not going to pick up the Bibles and start reading through. Some might, most won't. But what better way than to say, you don't have to pick up your Bible. Just turn on your phone and open the app. 
So it's a great way uh, also to connect with them. Now, um, as for equipping, um, because we have to receive others physically, we got to make sure we're here and digitally we're set, but we also have to be able to equip people. So um, uh, our mission, you know, being the church, sharing and showing the love of Christ, inviting others to be recipient, it works, I don't know if you can see this, hand in hand with our ministries, the small groups that we do, the outreach that we do which works hand-in-hand hand with the Sunday celebration and the worship experience. And if, if, if you know how, like, um, I'm losing my train of thought, but if you know how this all works, as the mission moves, it drives the ministries, which also drives the Sunday celebration, but which also those work also drive the mission. Everything drives each other. It all works in sync. If we lose one, then the other one is not going to be as effective. If we're not staying on mission, being the church, sharing and showing the love of Christ, then it doesn't matter how many ministries we have because we're not doing what Christ called us to do. And if we're not creating this worship experience where we come together as the church, then we're not going to be able to drive the mission and drive the ministries. Everything moves in sync. And from a, uh, a ministry perspective, um, our small groups, and right now we're only going to kick off one, and I think, i got to check with another pastor, we also have another small group that we do at CCAC uh, with the college kids there, um, more conversational, um, but our youth and our children's ministry, those things all work in sync. And I understand, I get it, that not everyone can do everything, but everyone can do something, no matter how small it is, to contribute, to help out to help us fulfill the mission. Every one of us, just like, now, now I don't know about you guys, but uh, when I was growing up, whenever we were going to have guests over, you know, my mother had a list of, you know, I got to clean the house, I got to make sure I get the sheets done, I got to make sure I get this done, I got to make sure I get that done. And we knew when she said I, it meant us. Because she wasn't going to be work all day while we were out, you know, at school, and then she comes home, and she's working, and we're out playing and doing all this stuff. Uh, so the same is true for us. There are things that if we truly want to be the church and invite other people into our lives, and this is a part of our lives, and we expect and want people to come here, then there's things that we got to do to prepare. And I get it. Not everyone can do everything. But everyone can do something, no matter how small, to help and to contribute. Now, Heidi is still downstairs somewhere. Oh, Heidi, can you come up here? Because she, um, a couple of weeks ago, expressed to me that she wanted to, like, spend a lot of time talking to and helping with uh, the youth. Now, that, that kind of, we have a little, we don't have a lot of youth here, and, and my mindset is, as soon as youth walk in the door, I want to put them to work. I want them running the, uh, the live stream and, and whatever, and, uh, you know, find out what they, if they want to sing, I want them singing. Whatever they want to do, I want them to get involved with, but uh, she said it's been, you know, God put it on her heart to help out with the youth, and so I wanted her to share a little bit about that. Okay. Um, as most of you know, I lost my mom last year, and my mom instilled in me a lot of God's wisdom, and one of her biggest things was that her granddaughter and any child that I knew be brought up in his faith, and knowing that there was no children's ministry for her to come to, I stepped in and said that God spoken to me and would ask me to help teach the children's ministry the best that I can for this church, knowing that we need it. 
so I've gone through and looked up a lot of stuff and found a wonderful application for superheroes of the Bible for the children to study that I figure they're going to be fascinated with. It actually teaches games, um, crafts that they'll come home with, and all the crafts are stuff that is 100% reusable. I'm really big on not wasting resources. Um, Um, and it's just something that I wanted to do. My neighbor actually started coming with us to church, and she has four little kids who she wants to know God. And I just recently lost my stepdaughter to her biological mother, who won't be with us anymore. But she was big into learning about God. And this one actually tells me every day of the week, I want to go to church. It's a little complicated to explain to a four-year-old that church is only on Sundays. We make do, we'll read something at home, we study, and she does very good with it. She loves being here, she loves the atmosphere, and this is what I want to do to help out the church. So, um, here's what we're going to do. Um, am I back on? Okay. So, here's what we're going to do. Everyone, everyone can do something, and again, uh, there's lots of different areas. If you're interested in Outreach, maybe that's your thing. You want to either plant, or if you want to, we really need help coming up with the uh, best in the burger thing. So if, before you leave, if you're interested in that, talk to Gary because we need to, uh, and we'll we'll talk more about this. We need to volunteers to help set up, to help clean up. Um, this is one of the events that that's really easy because there's not a lot that we have to do other than show up. We show up and invite people, and we have a good time. Um, if you're interested in whether it be youth or you know, maybe you want to start a small group. The reason why we only have so few small groups is because I only have so much time. But I don't have to be the only person leading small groups. If that's something that God has laid on your heart, do that. If you want to help out uh, with the facility or, you know, we, we, hey, I can take out of those things that we need to get done. I can do one of them. Uh, then I'm going to put John on the spot. <laughs> because he is the only other board member here. Yeah, so go see John, and, and we'll pick a work day. We'll work out what needs to be done. Uh, if you want to help out with the Sunday celebration, or if you know of people that do, one of the reasons that Chuck is here is because Brandon Wagner, right, invited Chuck, I think, at, I think, we're, did we first meet you at a praise in the park? Is that where it was? Yeah, at a, at a praise in the park. And he's like, hey, I don't know the verbiage that went on, but I imagine it was something like, hey, you should come check out the church. And I uh, said, I want to play. Sure, why not? Uh, there has not been a single person that said, I want to sing or play or do whatever that, that we have turned away. Heather started coming. She's like, I want to sing again. It's like, sure, grab a mic. Uh, Patty showed up, said, I want to sing. Grab a mic. Uh, Andrew, seven, eight, you however many, eight years ago, started coming to Steel City Church, said, I want to play bass. Sure play bass, and he's been coming ever since. There, there's not supposed to be a mentality of us just sitting and one or two people doing. What God created was an environment where we all take the thing that we're passionate about and we do it for the glory of God so that he can be glorified. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We're going to... Um, close out with, uh, with a time of, of praise and worship, and um, no matter what you do, here's, here's the thing, 
Again, it's all about inviting people into our lives. However we do it, whether you, your work friends, your coworkers, your family, we all know people that we can invite into our lives. And uh, I'm going to close with this verse again from Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, and this is the message version, which I love. He said, he filled the earth with his gifts. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor, teacher to train Christ followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the church, until we're all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son, fully mature adults, fully developed within and without, fully alive in Christ. God wants all of us to be involved. He wants all of us to be all in, so we can just share with others about God's love and His amazing grace.